this is Chris from the Ticket Stub. You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Welcome to the Legal Connection Show with Tony and Cheryl. We are Conroe's FM on stations 104.5 and 106.1. And you can listen to us live on OurLoneStar.com forward slash TLC. Um, my name is Cheryl Ellsworth-Jahani, and I'm the Cheryl part of Tony and Cheryl. And I want to introduce you to Tony Sherence Collins. How are you doing today, Tony? I'm fine. You did that very well. I'm impressed. Thank you. Thank you. So, um... I guess I'll pick up where you left off here. Uh, this is the Legal Connection show, and um, the first one we've aired, and this this show is actually a public service for when people have questions, legal questions, and they feel like they need help, and they don't even know what direction to go, we're the Legal Connection, and right. we're going to give you a little TLC with that. That's Tony Lynn Collins. That's the Legal Connection. That's the Learning Channel. I mean, any, any way you want to go about it, we're here to to basically answer your questions to the extent that we can. Now, we have a uh, website, and you can uh, put, uh, you can ask your questions that you may have um, on our website. There's a facility to do that. And the website itself is uh, www.legalconnectionsshow.com. And you, there's a little, uh, there's a place where you can direct your questions that you can toggle. It's questions at legalconnectionsshow.com. If you write your legal connect, legal questions in, we will um, do our best to answer them. But remember, this should uh, give you a little disclaimer. We're not your attorney. We are uh, simply a, a show that we're both attorneys. Yes, both we're Cheryl, two attorneys. Uh, Cheryl and mm-hmm. I are both licensed attorneys. I've been licensed since 2002. And Cheryl's been licensed a little bit long, a little bit shorter period mm-hmm. than that. Mm-hmm. Um We've been, uh, we're trial attorneys. We do pretty much the full gamut of the law. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of the, uh, a, a lot of the questions you'll have will, will be generic that we'll cover uh, for each show, depending on what kind of questions we get for that week. Um, today's show, we're going to cover wills, estates, um, uh, things that you have to take care of in your own life that, that maybe you don't want to think about because, uh, you know, Death is not something all of us like to face, but it's reality and it's going to happen to all of us. So uh, you have to kind of be prepared for that. Um, uh, we had kind of, you know, kind of tossed around what our first show would be on just so that we could kind of get a hook so we'd get a lot of people that might be interested and, in, you know, listening. Um, right. And I just want to reiterate, too, that that this is a public service for you guys. And we're in Conroe and Montgomery County. And uh we're here just to answer your questions. And like Tony said, if you have any questions that you want us to specifically speak on, email those to us. But right now, like Tony's saying, we want to go into our, our topic wills and uh, any probate type transfers. We're going to explain to you what those are. And um, well, we've already had some questions on our website. And uh-huh. we, so we, we have the answers to those. And they're just going to be the type of questions that uh, many people will have in general that just don't really know a lot about it. And people will have questions about wills um, as, as early as, you know, they're thinking about it, maybe 10 years old and all the way up to, I guess, life expectancy. And I know the oldest living person, to my knowledge right now, is about 114. And wow. um, they're called super centurions. And we actually have one in Fort Bend County. 
uh, a lady, and she was driving up until the time she was, uh, I believe, 98 years old. She's the longest oh living licensed driver. How wonderful. And there's also another guy that lives in Austin. Uh, there's only one male out of the top 15 super centurions. But <laughs> these people uh, may already have, you know, with having been alive so long, uh, created uh, some sort of estate uh, uh, control uh, by, with an attorney, or maybe not. Maybe they don't have anything left at this age, and they've they've done the right thing, and so they're going to uh, head on out alive with a bottle of wine sliding into the grave and, and nothing in their bank account, which is probably the way we should all do it. But at any rate, we're going to um, just answer some questions on wills. Um, uh, again, the, uh, our topics are going to be very broad in the future. Uh, they will run the gambit from DWIs to murders to... Uh, simple questions about contracts. Um, I'm a landman. Uh, do oil and gas work? So I know, uh, you know, for the last 25 years, I did title. I know a lot about that. Uh, I'm also a licensed real estate broker. So kind of dabbled in that for a number of years. Uh, between Cheryl and I, I think we have, what, about 100, at yes. least 100 years of life experience <laughs> between right. us. Right, that's true. And uh, children and uh, marriages. We do, we'll do a lot of, uh, we'll answer a lot of questions on child custody and uh, and, and divorces and the, the things that are a lot of people kind of touch on in their their daily lives that people need an, questions answered on. But today we are going to do wills and probate. Right. And so let me give just a little bit of background about wills and why we do that. You know, we're one of the we in other countries, it's very uh, common that uh, they don't let you. The government will not let you pass down your property. They went upon death property as cheats. We call it as cheats. It's E.S. C-H-E-A-T, it is cheats to the government. But in America, we have a statutory right to pass down property to our descendants, our heirs, those people that we decide at the time of death. And so that creates the whole issue of what will we do with the property that we've accumulated, maybe our ancestors have accumulated during our life at the time of our death, where will that property go? And so we have um, two ways to do that. We have statutory uh, intestacy laws, uh, which are default laws if you don't have a will or you're not passing property through a non-probate transfer like a life insurance policy or, a, I don't know, joint tenancy title, joint title to a home, uh, then we have some statutory laws. Those are default laws. We don't really want to use those. We prefer deciding where our property will go ourselves and in what proportion, right? And so we've got... Uh, probate property that's passed through probate under the will, and then we've got intestacy, which is non-probate property, which means you didn't have a will. So, see, you're talking about all this kind of detailed law book type type of stuff, and right mm -hmm. now, I'm I'm sure that everybody's sort of like rolling over in their grave right now, just thinking this is really so boring. <laughs> the the crux of the matter is, if you're like Cheryl and I, uh -huh. uh, or Anna Nicole Smith, or you know anybody else that's sort of out there that Hugh that, Hefner. Well, yes, if, you, if you're kind of looking at like uh, perhaps some of my friends from from years ago, oh, uh, the best way to uh, to secure your lot in life if you don't have a lot of skill sets and you have not won the lotto, is to marry rich. And, okay. uh, and hopefully you'll inherit. <laughs> right. And so um, that was sort of the first direction I would uh, kind of be looking at, not personally. <laughs> but uh, that's what Anna Nicole Smith did. Of course, look what happened to Anna Nicole Smith. Right. She married very well. Mm -hmm. She was 29. I think she was 29 when she married uh, Howard J. Marshall. and uh, Or is it J. Howard, Howard Marshall? And uh, she ended up 
really pretty much dying before she got the benefit out of it. Right. So so that kind of goes to my a joke that I'm going to tell that's okay. going to segue into this. And, okay. and you may have heard this joke before, and I'm going to tell it really bad. Okay. I'm going to say it anyway. Let's hear it. Um, okay. So, um, man, I wish I'd written it down. I haven't. This is just going to kind of off the cuff. Uh, there was a lady, and uh, she was uh, at her husband's funeral, and she was talking to her really good friend, and her friend was admiring the beautiful ring on her finger. And um, she said, uh, she goes, well, you know, um, I have, uh, you know, I didn't, I don't have a lot of money right now and I need, I need to try to do something, uh, find a way to survive now that my husband's passed on. And uh, so I'm just wondering if maybe you could loan me some money. And the lady was looking at her ring saying, well, that's, that's a beautiful stone on your, your finger. How large is that? And mine actually is seven carats, but you know, oh, it's gorgeous. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> uh, that's uh, uh, it's it's just you know a pretty ring. Needless to say. Anyway, so this lady had this ring, and she um, the lady says, "Well, you've got a beautiful stone," and she goes, "Oh no, I don't have any money. I got I had twenty thousand dollars that I got in a life insurance policy, but but I have no other money. I've already gone through it." She said, "How did you go through it? The funeral's not that big, and uh, you know there's only a few people here." And she said, "Oh no, the funeral was five thousand dollars, but." My memorial stone was $15,000. And uh, she says, wow, that is some memorial stone. And she said, that's right, a full 15000 right there on my finger. And so um, so the bottom line is uh, life, life insurance with that, uh, the life insurance may not be, may be available to get you by. Uh, Anna Nicole Smith knew this. She also didn't consider that when she got married to J. Howard Marshall, that he would have sons that That's were right. going to put all of the assets of this gazillionaire in an estate so she couldn't tap into it. Right. So um, so we're going to get a little bit into uh, uh, how estates work and, uh, and you know, if all that, that shiny, like they say, and I think that the, the country western songs, is not gold. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, so the crux of the matter is perhaps we shouldn't be looking at people for their, their dollar value when we meet them, like some people do, but we should be. <laughs> you mean like you suggested at yes, the beginning yes. of this? Yes, okay. like Anna Nicole right. Smith. Uh-huh. And we, we should actually probably do, uh, to kind of bear in mind uh, what the the best-selling book of all time uh, says and what its authors uh, kind of uh, show us, and that is that we'll all, we'll all, uh, we were born, I think, let me, let me quote this. It's, it's from the, the author. First Timothy six seventeen. Yes. And there's going to be so many more besides that, but first Timothy six ten says, mm-hmm. for the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil. And some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. And first Timothy six seventeen is as for the rich in the present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, which riches provide us everything just to enjoy. And the bottom line is, um, and then I'm just going to go to the, the one that I want to talk about today, uh, and it's uh, Job 21. He said, naked I come from my mother's womb, and naked I will return there the God gives, the Lord gives, and the Lord takes away. So the bottom line is, you're going to come to the world with nothing, you're going to leave the world with nothing, and so in between, we should do the right thing. Yeah. But in the interim, we're going to tell you what the right thing to do is with regard to estates, wills and estates. Right. Absolutely. So we're here to answer your questions, and and this is something that we thought was relevant. So we're um, 
Yeah, so Job, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will return there. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. It kind of reminds me of that parable in Scripture, too, in the New Testament, where the rich man had stored up all of these wealth, this wealth, and had trust was trusting in those, and uh, was told that you didn't know this, but your life is going to be required of you tonight. And so what you put your trust in... Um, I love that verse. I love that whole parable. Right. Because here he was hoarding all this stuff his entire life. For security. And for what? Yeah. He was, he was, he was going to go, hopefully, to the Lord, and right. he couldn't take it with him. But it, it's going to stay behind, and we're going to tell you what's going to happen with that property that was left behind. And how to deal with it. That's right. Okay, Tony, thank you. Well, I'm looking forward to our next session. Section And remember, you can listen to us live on IRLoneStar.com forward slash TLC, Tuesdays 12 to 1. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That's Conroe's FM 104.5-106.1. If you are on the computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. A Lone Star Community Radio. Broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. Welcome to the Legal Connection Show with Tony and Cheryl. So today we're talking about wills. And uh, Tony and I are both licensed attorneys in the state of Texas and we're practicing we uh, practice all kinds of law, general law, we're trial attorneys, and um, we felt like, and based on discussion with some of our clients and people in the community, that wills was a good topic for us to talk about today. So, um, Tony, how do you want to get this started? Well, I think I'm going to add, just because uh, there's some other stuff that was going on that brought this to our attention, and that was like Tom Petty recently died at 66. Right, right. And... Um, I guess, uh, like George Harrison, or, yeah, it was George Harrison died at, I think he was 50, 58. Yeah. And um, people uh, die untimely deaths, and you, it comes up so fast. So uh, not only we need to be spiritually ready, you know, to, to meet our maker, but we should have our, uh, our property together and, and sort of lined up. So because ex- if he, people's expectations aren't met, that's really when people get frustrated. So if you... And I know so this true. Uh, in, in everything, mm-hmm. it, it, like if anything, if, if you have, if your kids expect something, a certain thing for dinner and they have something else, they're probably not going to be too happy right. if it's not what they wanted. So right. the same thing in, in a, a sort of a different scale uh, with wills and estates, if people know what to expect, then there's probably not going to be the need for an attorney. If they prepare in advance mm-hmm. and they do it properly, then, then when someone passes away, then they're thought fondly of. And the people that now have their have inherited their riches also have that memorial. So they're thinking about them. That's why, you know, people have their name on buildings and they write songs. Not the only reason, but that's sort of a memorial to them. Because just like they say in the Bible, um, you know, 100 years from now, people are not even going to know we existed. Unless we leave our mark with a song or perhaps a legal case or a building or, 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 or something. But it's more than likely 200 years from now that... Uh, we're not going to be known unless we're like Beethoven and leave something behind. 
So, right. but it could be with your estate that that you can uh, have a little hand in, you know, having some memory of you, and maybe your your future uh, family members can, uh, or your descend, uh, your descendants, your descendants. Can, yeah, losing my mind here as I'm thinking mm. about it. They, they could pray for you too, which I'm hoping, you know, 400 years from now, people might even have, I, mean, I might not just be like uh, no memory at all. Right. But um, anyway, so um, uh, that being said uh, about wills and estates, you're going to give us a little, a little uh, brief cap of the law here in An Texas. outline, a, a roadmap right. of mm-hmm. uh, the different types of ways to uh, establish uh, your estate. Well, first of all, there are requirements to make a will. The first requirement that you have to have to make a will is capacity. Capacity is that you are mentally competent to make a will. And also that, you know, that's shown by that, you know, the natural objects of your bounty and you're of age. You've got to be 18 years or older in the military. I know this is probably boring, but it matters. Um, Either married uh, above 18 years of age and you have to have the will attested in Texas by two witnesses. Those witnesses don't have to be 18 years. They can be 16. And what do you mean by attested? Attested means they sign your will. You sign the will, and then they sign it saying that in Texas, it's the conscious presence test. They didn't watch you sign it, but they were aware, and they were generally in the same area, room that you are signing, and they signed, when you signed your will, and they know that this was your will. Right, and it was your, uh, you had manifested the intent to, to make to a will, exactly. Put the things in that will and, and devise to the people that were set or bequeathed what was set out in there, your property as set out by those express terms. Exactly. And the one thing that I would um, caution you is that when you, if you decided to make your own will, draw your own will up and have it, didn't go to an attorney and have it attestated by two witnesses, that you need to make sure that those witnesses are not takers under your will. Like you wouldn't want to leave your entire property to your daughter and then have your daughter be a witness because California now holds that there's a rebuttable presumption that uh, if the taker, like for example, your daughter under your will is also one of your witnesses, there's a rebuttable presumption of fraud that maybe she was up to something. But we're not in California. He was, he was up. That's Do true. You have California property? Uh, did I? Yeah. Uh, no. You keep bringing up these worldly things like okay. in somewhere but, but for example, <laughs> But for example, that same thing holds true in Texas. You don't want you, your witnesses, your attestators, uh, your attesting witnesses to be takers under your will. Just get someone else. So really there is a, uh, what we learned basically in law school is there's like the will dance. When you, uh, yeah. when you actually uh, are putting the will together and finalizing it, there's certain procedures that must be followed or the will is not valid. And you'll have to, there could be a chance that you will be rolling over in your grave because your stuff is right. not going to go the way you expected. Right. It may very well go in test state, which is how the government has decided by legislature that your property should be um, devised or, uh, or, or, or distributed Dispersed, after right. uh, after your death. Now, right. um, now, that being said, let me ask you this. Do you have a will? Yes, I do. You have a will. I do. Do Wait, you have a will, Tony? I don't. Tony? <laughs> because I figure once I'm gone, it really won't matter. It matters, Tony. No, what are you doing here? And um, the um, in test, uh, the way that the Texas legislature has set out the way the property is owned, to me, um, is is sufficient because I like the way they set it out. It, it seems to be very fair. Um, the way the laws were set out, uh, I think back in... I can't remember the year that it changed, but I know that when my dad died back in 1986, that 
um, when there was a, a community property, uh, a, a property was owned by a community, meaning that, you know, and we know that, the, well, we haven't the talked marriage. about that, but when the, a mar- when someone is married and they acquire a property during marriage, there's only certain uh, types of property that are owned as a community ownership. Right. And um, many times a house is owned that way. And I know that when he died, the house that he had with my mother, um, that it, it ended up being owned 50% by my mother because he didn't have a will either and 50% by the kids of that marriage. And of course, he was only married once. And so all of us kids uh, owned half the house. Well, that law changed, right. I want to say in the mid 90s. So now the community property uh, home, which is usually the typically the, the largest, uh, uh, I guess, valued Whole property, right. um, is now owned by uh, uh, fully by the, the surviving, surviving spouse. Surviving spouse, right. As long as the cha- the Children of the marriage only belong to the surviving spouse right. and the deceased right. spouse. Otherwise, um, otherwise, if the, the uh, it's fifty percent will go to the the community property will go to that will remain in the spouse that's still alive, and the other fifty percent will go to the kids of the the other spouse that died. That's of, right. So so mm-hmm. anyway, that but we're we're not getting into the community. We're not into the marital aspect of it. But the law has changed, and it's it's kind of important because a lot of people it don't is. know that it is important, and it's not intuitive. Like you were saying, I mean, a lot of this stuff, uh, it's not the way we think that it goes when it passes by intestacy, which is why you should have a will. And uh, we need to plot out beforehand, you know, the way we want our property to go. But so we have the requirements of to make a will. You've got to be competent and it's got to be attested to by some uh, credible witnesses that in Texas, that's 16 and up and they have to be, they don't have to have the same mental competency that the testate or the person actually making the will does, but they have to, you know, be able to make the will. So they have to be aware, in other words, that the person making the will is manifesting an, atten- an intent right. to make a will and that, that their intent is to distribute this property upon their death to whoever that they list you know, as, as set on the term. So being a 16-year-old, you could probably... Know uh, what's going on. Know what's going on. Right. right. Uh-huh. And then now we have notarized wills too. So um, those are wills that are signed by two witnesses uh, and notarized, or they can be, uh, the Uniform Property Code talks about signed by two witnesses or just notarized, which I think is interesting. Yeah, uh, the notary can actually be a witness. Right. I recently uh, had a will probate, and we'll get into that after, you know, our break and in, in the next segment. But um, but the way that the actual will is, uh, is uh, drawn whether it's going to be self-authenticating, whether it's notarized, mm-hmm. um, certain things have to be done in order for it to be uh, held uh, to be a, a legally valid will that can be probated, admitted to probate, and then probated in court. Right. Otherwise, um, uh, uh, you will just not. Uh, I guess you'll be up, you know, Blank Creek. <laughs> uh, well, you'll be. You'll have to depend on the intestacy laws then, right. and all the the whole trouble that you went to to create this will won't and even matter. That won't matter to the person that's deceased as much as it will matter right. to the people that survive an and want it. Right. Well, what about holographic wills? That is my favorite. So type tell of us will. what those are. Um, they are completely handwritten by the person before they die, right? And uh, there's certain requirements for it, but it is the easiest will. It is my favorite type of will. I don't think you can go wrong with a holographic will. So. Um, you don't have to worry about the way that it's signed. You don't have to witnesses. You don't have to worry about pretty much anything. If you, and in fact, a holographic will can be one sentence long. And they even, stand up in court, don't they? They, they stand mm-hmm. up in court today. They they stood up in court uh, when our our state was first became a state back in 1830. 30, actually, we were a republic in 1837. We became a state in 1845. Mm-hmm. But when the laws were first made in Texas, holographic wills, I believe were the, the, the thing they, they were the primary type of will because they didn't have 
you know, a, a vast amount of typewriters and printing presses and uh, not your your general pioneers and people that were here that were, uh, you know, settling, didn't have that kind so of So what, what does a holographic will have to have? It needs to be in writing and signed by the testator. That's the person that's dying, yes. intending to leave. And I don't even think they need to be dated, but I think it's probably a good idea to date it. Um, I think that if you... I do believe that you need to date it, but we'll get back. We'll talk more about the specifics. Okay, this is Tony and Cheryl, uh, The Legal Connection. Relax with a cup of joe or your favorite drink for the Conroe Lake Conroe Chamber of Commerce Chamber Chat. The show airs on the first Tuesday of the month at 11 a.m., on Lone Star Community Radio. Join hosts Courtney Galley and Brian Bondi as they chat about the Chamber's events and programs for the month and invite Chamber members into the studio to talk about their upcoming events and businesses. Learn about your Chamber with Chamber Chat every first Tuesday at 11 a.m. The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. We are at 104.5 and 106.1 on IRLoneStar.com, Conroe's FM. Um, today we're talking about wills, and the next thing we want to talk about is a self-proving affidavit. Tony, tell us what a self-proving affidavit is. Well, um, the self-proving affidavit is the uh, a provision that's attached to your will that you complete or your attorney completes that allows, um, that permits the will to be uh, admitted into probate without a witness testifying the, to the authentic, authentication of the will. So it just basically says that all the requirements of due execution have been met, complied with, and it permits the will to be probated? Yes. Without a witness there swearing? And without the witness or one right. of the witnesses saying that, yeah, I was there when she did this. Because I just recently probated a will that was, um, executed in 1981. And lo and behold, uh, this woman just recently died. And so she died at 82. And uh, the will itself did not have a properly executed self-authenticating um, affidavit on it. Uh-oh. And so so I thought, I wasn't really quite sure where I was going to go with this because I needed to find the witnesses. Well, for sure, one of the witnesses died. And it took me forever to find that she died. I had to go through all these records and the death indexes with the you know federal government and find out that she had died. So then I had to find the other witness, or else the will, or else this entire state was going to go intestate. Oh dear! And um, the name was so common, it was like you know Jane Doe. It was like, how am I going to find? You know, it was what almost forty years later. How am I going to find this witness? And it, it was it was very the will was very very important because it was the way that this woman had set out for her assets to be distributed was not the way it was set out in the, you know, by the legislator in the intestate code. And um, I probably called, I want to say I probably called maybe 50 people out of 250 lists of the same name. And I found this woman. It was a miracle. Good for you. She was still alive. That's dedicated legal services. Yes. I was like (laughs) determined to, to do the right thing by my client. And I found her and, you know, I had a quizzer. It wasn't like, oh, by the way, I mean, she didn't know who I was from Adam. I was like a sales call. And found this woman, and she was really with it for someone that was in her 80s. Um, and she knew more about the decedent than even her sons did, which was very, 
interesting. Um, mm-hmm. and, they, and of course, they were the the heirs. And uh, so, but had I had not had I not found her, this will could not have been properly um, admitted into probate, and we would have had to go. Good for you. Law. So uh, that is why it's so important to have that self-authenticating affidavit on it, or um, you know, or write it in in your own handwriting. Uh, which we don't need the self-authentic affidavit if you uh, right have holographic wills. Holographic will. And what we touched on before was um, on our break was that you can also have an oral will. Like if something happens and you're in a car accident, and you can actually tell somebody what you how you want to uh, you know like your will. I'm dying, and just make sure you know tell my, all my loved ones like the plane's going down or whatever. Tell all my loved ones on your cell phone or whatever. Uh, that you know I'm going to miss them. Then I'll, I'll see them. You know, and uh, at the pearly gates at St. Peter or whatever. But um, but uh, you need witnesses for that. And what if it's a, a you know the kind Plane of thing? Plane crash. Yeah, yeah, like you just said. Yeah. So it's just better to if you want to your for your property to go by virtue of will, you, you can either write it out or have it done properly uh, through an attorney or with one of the packets. As long as you do it properly uh, and and also have the self authenticating um, provision on there, if if by chance you live a really long time and your witnesses are no longer alive. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, what about the packets? I mean, I'm suspicious of the packets because I know in Texas we have, uh, you know, they give more credence to what's written than what's typed and like in a fill-in form thing. And it to me, it just seems so iffy. Well, you know, you can't, um, you can't practice law. So you and I could do a packet right. because we could, and, and you can do it for yourself. Just like with you, if you have real estate, you can buy or sell your own property without you know, there being any issues of whether you can change something in the provision, uh, 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 like the broker's contract legally or what have you. But um, with uh, with the actual packaged wills, um, you take a risk if you buy the packets. I've seen them. They're actually pretty good. Yeah. But I've also seen people that have brought the wills to me that have been completed through like LegalZoom.com right. or like the little ones that you buy in the books. I don't think anybody buys things in or bookstores anymore. Or Office Depot or uh, something. The, just the, 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 the actual, you know, the few pages that you get or if you right. download it from the, from the internet. Um, the problem is if you don't do it right, it's not going to be, it, it won't work. It's not valid. You can't right. get it probated. So you could probably fill it out and maybe save yourself a little money if you fill it out yourself and then have an attorney review it. Uh, that may be one way to save some money. Um, and I know a lot of people have done that. Uh, uh, that's why I still, even as an attorney, I'm just like, you know, just write out who you want it to go to. And right. and don't be bribing people when you're really old, like a lot of people do, saying, mm-hmm. I've got this ring and I'm going to give it to you if you're nice to me or whatever. And, when when I die, y'all can decide. Yeah. Now, um, I know that we learned this in, in uh, wills in the probate class, uh, that there's a lot of ways to contest even a properly executed will. Absolutely. There's going to be undue influence, mm-hmm. um, whether the person had capacity when they signed it. Right. Um, a, because a lot of people that are the survivors, they want the property and they're going to try to contest it. Um, I actually have a, 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 a will contest. It's not actually a will contest. It's an adversarial uh, case in probate court going on right now um, that uh, brings a lot of different uh, aspects of uh, of defenses and arguments, affirmative defenses on why a will is or isn't correct or valid in the way that someone's, whatever, where someone's arguing what, what the decedent's donative intent was that's right. contrary to the will. The or, intent that they had when they were deciding who would get their property and who who would actually be the taker, the the one who received. 
And this is this argument is the the argument of ages. Absolutely. I mean, this is the same thing. Then that's why I was bringing up Anna Nicole Smith earlier. Mm -hmm. I mean, she after uh, J. Howard Marshall died, of course, we saw her on the TV. You know, constantly, uh, constantly. Now, you know, for for younger viewers that they're not going to remember that, but you know, the beautiful Playboy model Anna Nicole Mm -hmm. Smith that gained a little weight still looked just strikingly beautiful right here in you know, uh, in the Harris County courts, uh, mm-hmm. you know, talking about how it was really expensive to to be Anna. So, you know, <laughs> I to, remember that. to the very rich like um, sons of mm-hmm. J. Howard Marshall, who mm-hmm. I believe um, they are both deceased now, too, or at oh, least really? one of them is. So so all of this happened pretty recently. So Anna deceased, um, her, her son deceased, right. uh, the, the guys were fighting her deceased. And, and that, that court actually... She tried to uh, to have legal maneuvering. It actually went to the California bankruptcy court, uh, and then up to the Supreme Court. So she was just right and left trying to find a way to get to this guy's money. And and ultimately, you know, the only surviving heir was her her beautiful daughter. Right. Um, and I don't. I think that the, there may still be some activity in that case, but uh, there's a, it's it's unlikely that she's going to inherit the little girl, um, her heir. Any right. of the that's what I understand too. Well, I know that sometimes it's to an advantage to heirs to knock out a will that is there, and this is a perfect example. And uh, the way that they do it is they claim undue influence, um, that the relationship became manipulative, coercive, and and don't uh, you know, like in your own life, don't you know some relatives, neighbors oh, that right. where there's somebody that's that like cannot, you know. Maybe they cannot not waiting for them to die, but they know somebody is getting older in age and they're anticipating maybe inheriting the form. Exactly. Or what about people who don't have good relationships with their children and then they've got other relationships that come in and those begin to look suspicious after the property is disposed to them. But we've got undue influence. We've got duress, which, you know, that just means force, coercion, right, right. Fraud, just flat out lying to someone, is another way you could knock a will out. Yep. And a tortious interference with expectancy is also a cause right. that, uh, you know, you've got just these valid heirs. And um, are the people that really should, they, the donative intent right. of the decedent really was something different from the way it looks like it's going down because of fraud. Absolutely. And um, after our break, we're going to um, talk about a case that's that's a very important case uh, that, that, uh, just the, the story behind it is something that a lot of people have gone through, and I, and you'll get to see how it turned out, and and what the law in Texas is with regard to uh, some of these fraudulent transfers that you can reel back in, and the right thing will be done. Well, that sounds wonderful. So we just want to remind you that we're Tony Sherrits Collins and Cheryl Ellsworth Jahani. We're two licensed attorneys in the state of Texas, and we're here to help you wade through some issues that you have and uh, we'll be right back with you after the break. Hey guys, this is Connor. This is Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, check out the Ticket Stub Podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. 
Welcome again to uh, the Legal Connection Show with Tony and Cheryl. And we just want to remind you that you can, we are live Tuesdays, uh, 12 to 1 on 104.5 and 106.1 Conroe's FM in Conroe. And also you can listen to our podcast on Google Play and iTunes the following Wednesday, the ne- very next day after 8 a.m. So here we're, we're here again. It's Tony and Cheryl, and we're talking about wills and probates and estates. And Tony, you're going to tell us about a case that you're familiar with. Yes. And, and actually, it's a, uh, a case that came out of Harris County, but uh, I've seen this happen several times in, in other, uh, with other clients of mine. And, and basically what happens is uh, you've got somebody that's a child, perhaps, or uh, maybe a significant other or whoever it may be, but somebody's got their eye on uh, the property of the, the person that's getting ready to die. Somebody, right. Somebody's got some property, somebody wants it, the age-old story, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's by, you know, a, a criminal, a crime or whatever, by fraud. Well, um, in this particular instance, just like with Anna Nicole Smith, um, they are in a, a one way to maneuver to uh, a person that wants someone's property, not that we're advocating this by right. any means, but right. this is what happened. Um, uh, if to move someone's property into a trust, can be a double-edged sword. To move it into a trust, if you're perhaps the, the child, uh, the person that would normally inherit, and you can see the new uh, uh, paramour, the new, right. you know, if you're the widow, your, your dad or your mom has died and they have a new boyfriend or girlfriend, if you the, the child sees their inheritance going away, the child, just like in J. Howard Marshall's case, will come in and sort of uh, talk with the parent and say, hey, we need to set up a trust. That... That the parents not really parent probably knows what's going on, but they're like, yeah, we know this new person isn't here in my life to take your inheritance away. They're just to keep me company. Mm-hmm. And so, so everybody's on the same page, and uh, a trust is set up. And if a trust is set up, uh, then that is outside of the estate. That is outside of probate. Right. Um, just like um, uh, financial accounts, many times are outside of probate. And so. Um, in this particular instance, what happened was, um, the, uh, and I'll just tell you the, the story behind it, and then I'll kind of segue into to, uh, how this is, what could happen in every, a lot of other people's lives, and this might help. Um, in this case, um, it is Ritter v. Till, and it was in a Houston case that was uh, decided back in 2005. And um, in 1997, Rudolph Bittner executed a will, and he devised his farm to his niece. Um, he was a widower. His niece was named Marian Pop. And in 1999, uh, the guy that executed the will, Bittner, executed a durable power of attorney, appointing his niece as his attorney in fact. And there wasn't any provisions in the particular attorney in fact saying whether or not he needed to be incapacitated. It wasn't a medical power of attorney or anything. It was just simply he gave his niece, this younger woman, um, the ability to uh, determine what should be going on with his estate, whether it was to pay bills or, you know, I trust you so much, niece, that if I've got property, you can sell it. I'm going to let you handle things while I'm off in Tahiti with my, my new lover right. the last years of my life or whatever. Okay. Right. So um, that isn't actually what happened, though. Um, uh, Bittner uh, had this attorney. In fact, uh, Pope, the, the niece, created a uh, revocable living trust okay. so that all of his assets went into this trust. Mm-hmm. And apparently he was very, fairly wealthy. He had a large farm, a lot of assets. And she was named the, or, or the, 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 the man, the older man, was named the trustee. So right. he could he could actually as trustee revoke it any time anyway. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of being you know she's doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Pope executed a warranty deed though, as she could, 
conveying the farm to um, Bittner as trustee of the trust. So now the trust owns it. Right. And trust also can protect your property in, in the event that there's other, you know, there's judgments or, you know, for tax purposes, for or estate planning. spend too much money right. and they're young. So there's other reasons for trust. There may have been another reason why they actually did this. But anyway, according to the trust documents, Pope was to receive the farm at Bittner's desk. The niece was going to receive it. Well, for some, Bittner died two years later in 2001. And for some reason, the niece decided that she didn't want this property. Well, um, the nephews, uh, the niece had some children, okay? Um, so the grandnieces, they did want it. But right. the, the mom niece, uh, she didn't want it. And she kind of wrote it off saying she didn't want it. Well, the nephew decided he wanted it. And um, what what it came down to is the, um, the, the nephew... Uh, put together a, a, the nephew claimed it. The nephew said that, that the trust didn't exist and um, the, the the property actually is going to come to me in te- through intestate. What? So, um, but what what happened was, um, it says uh, the, 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 the Pope attempted to create a trust under a durable power of attorney. And the nieces didn't know how to get this property back from the nephew. The grand nieces, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. and he was doing everything he could to get it, and he actually got a judgment. He actually, it was like they couldn't even appeal it anymore, and they found a loophole to get back into it, which, which actually was it was completely the way it should be. Right. Um, it, it was doing the right thing by the law. It was a loophole, so that kind of goes toward don't ever give up. All right. Right. Absolutely. Um, the, the Texas Trust Code dictates that a trust is created only if the settler manifests an intention to create the trust. All right. So then the settler would have been the, the uncle. The uncle, right. right. And because the uncle did not create it, right. Just there the was niece. no trust. Oh. And so what ultimately happened in this case is that because there was no trust, um, there was there, uh, the, the property went intestate to the nieces. It, it was no longer the, the, all of the, the default judgment and all the stuff that the, the nephew got, however the nephew ended up with this through a one court process, right. that all got reversed and it went back to the intestate because the trust could not have been created by an agent. So the bottom line here was an agent acting under a power of attorney cannot have requisite intent to create a trust. Only the person that owns the property can create the trust. And that was that's really, really critical in, in a lot of ways because if a trustee thinks, any power of hey, attorney. This is mine. I can do whatever. Any I power want. of attorney, if they're doing something deceptive, or they think they're going to, like, Jay, like Pierce Marshall, if he decided he didn't want, he wanted to take all of his property and give it perhaps to his girlfriend, right. you know, completely out of the, um, the, the, um, the, the realm of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, he could have done that, but here, because of the way this was set up, a an, a, an attorney, in fact, cannot create a trust. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, you know, since you brought that up, I just quickly want to. And maybe oh, I'm sorry. Let me, one provision. Oh, okay. Unless the trust says they can. Oh, but, right. But, right. But here is, it has to be very specific, though. And and statute, state law, and and, and uh, the state, the statutory law doesn't. Uh, the st- Texas trust code and the property code does not allow you to do that. So. Oh, okay. So they can't do it anyway. They could, to, unless there was a very law. specific provisions within the trust contract that said notwithstanding this trust code and this property code, this is what we mean to do. And then you might be able to get around it that way. I see. Well, that's that's interesting, Tony. Thank you. Well, you know, here we are. It's Tony Sheritz Collins and Cheryl Ellsworth Jahani. We're two licensed attorneys in the state of Texas, and we're bringing you the legal connection. And we'll 
get back to you after the break. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available in Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world. Welcome back to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Uh, we're here answering your questions and addressing legal issues to help the citizens and the community of Conroe. And we're on Conroe's FM 104.5 and 106.1. Uh, also, we want to say that you can listen to us live on ourlonestar.com forward slash TLC on Tuesdays from 12 to 1. Or you can listen to the podcast the following Wednesday at 8 a.m. We're on Google Play and iTunes. We're talking today about wills and probate and trust. Tony just talked to us uh, and gave us some good education about trust and basically what they are and how they can be effective and ineffective. And, um, you know, Tony, I just think that any discussion about wills and probates is not complete until we talk about advanced directives. I had someone the other day say, well, you know, the thing that matters is the will, not the advanced directives. Advanced directives are something that you create in the event you're incapacitated, you're on life support, you um, have dementia and you can't make decisions for yourself. And this person said to me, uh, what really matters is your will. And I said, well, yeah, if you die. But if you don't die, what really matters are your advanced directives, don't you think? Very much so, because because you could be like in a vegetative state for, right. for years. Absolutely. And, and if you haven't made clear what you want, um, then... You know, then what's going to happen is those that are closest to you and there are some default uh, go-to people, your spouse first and then your oldest child, something like that. I can't remember, but they are going to make decisions for you that may not be your decisions. And or, or may not be decisions of the people that really care for you. Absolutely. And somehow it defaulted to somebody that's really, for the love of the money, doing the wrong thing, which happens right. quite a bit. Right. And so as far as advanced directives are concerned, just quickly... We've got, um, you'll need a HIPAA release. Any attorney can draw these up for you. I don't suggest personally, I don't know how, what you think, Tony, but I don't suggest that you would try and draw these up yourself. But I just want to give you a quick run through of what is in them. Uh, you've got a HIPAA release form that's going to allow whoever needs to, to get your protected health information that you've already signed and had notarized. Uh, you're going to have directives to physicians and and those are going to tell you whether you're going to be on life support, what you want to do. Do you want to be on life support or not? Or uh, my doctor and I will make it together if I have capacity. If I don't, then I'm going to give medical power of attorney to my agent, my attorney, in fact, who will make medical decisions for me. Now, that's different than durable power of attorney. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but um, these are revocable. And I'm just going to say something. I'll just kind of jump in real quick. The um, 
it's really, really important that the person that has your um, medical directive, that you really trust them and they're really looking out for what's best for you, not just somebody that's manipulating your life or whatever, or, you know, just trying to get, because this person may be someone who's inheriting and they don't want you to be around a lot longer. That's because, unfortunately because true. Because if you want, um, you may want CPR. I want to stay alive because right. it's a gift. I want to stay along, alive with for every breath that I can get during as long as, as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, the person that may not be looking out for your in best interest that has your medical directive can give them a do not resuscitate, a DNR. They which, sure can. And you may very well have told everybody you know, please give me CPR. And, and this person is the instant that you you may not even be out of it. You just may be given drugs for pain. They're going to go try to find some way so that you're not resuscitated and capitalize on your demise. Right. Absolutely. So medical power of attorney is a big deal. Durable power of attorney does not address the medical issues. Those are like uh, they can handle your real property, like your home, your land. They can make decisions with your personal property, your stocks, bonds, estates, Retirement transactions, however, tax matters. A durable power attorney can have a provision in it that it becomes effective upon your being disabled incapacitated. or incapacitated. Mm-hmm. And there is, and if it's not defined, and they're usually not in these little canned forms that you get in the bookstore, not in the bookstore anymore, but on the Online, internet. Right. Um, there's actually a statute that provides, and I believe it's, um, I had it written down. There's a statute that provides for the definition. It's the Texas Estates Code of what it what has to happen, what condition precedent has to occur before you're determined to be disabled or incapacitated. Right, absolutely. Which is very, very important because you may not be and somebody's going to say you are so they can get your property. Right, it needs to be clearly spelled out like you were just saying. Just very specifically, you have to have a physician certify, examine you and certify that that you are incapacitated because you just may be on pain drugs. Absolutely. And then also uh, another form is a declaration of a guardian in the event of your later incapacitated and the appointment for the disposition of your remains, some different religions that may be important to them. And then we go to the will, which is what we've been talking about um, this afternoon with our listeners. So right. I just wanted to talk about the advanced directives. I think they're just as important. I think it's critical because I have a case right now where, very importantly, there's an argument as to whether the durable power of attorney became effective. And, of course, my position is it did not because this, there was never any certification by a physician at, and in any, at any time that this person was incapacitated. However, the, the attorney, in fact, went ahead and said, do not resuscitate. Um, oh, you know, pretty much transferred her body from a uh, transferred her when she was sick without having any biopsies or treatment done to find out what was wrong with her, transferred her out of the hospital. And then she got pneumonia because they didn't take care of the problem that caused her illness and she died. And now he created a trust three days before she died and is now saying he owns everything. Oh my so, goodness. so really bad things can happen if you're not really careful about who you trust and getting it done properly with an attorney looking at it, but also just making sure that 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 you really know the people that are close to you, you know, so that they're doing the right thing. They have a if the, a power of attorney uh, actually com, uh, creates a fiduciary duty. The person that has that has to do what's right for you, has to do what's right in, in your good faith best interest. In, if they have your power of attorney, and a lot of people just don't do that because we all know. The love of the money is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that is why you go to court because you think everything's fine. I know. And it's such a loving family. And and then and then you see all the pictures of the babies and stuff, and then they're older. And then all of a sudden, it wasn't 
wasn't, and it wasn't that way at all. And so you just have to prayer. You have to pray for this whole family and, you know, you know, wherever they're looking down, they're thinking, just take care of it. I'll see you soon. And that's right. That kind of thing, Absolutely. So. Well, Tony, this has been great. This has been our first show. We got to talk about wills and probate and trust. We're going to be on next. Tu- we're going to be on. This is January the 30th, but we're going to be on next Tuesday from 12 to 1 at IRLoneStar.com forward slash TLC, February the 6th at the same time from 12 to 1 p.m. So you can listen. Our listeners can listen live. And, and we're uh, also going to be taking questions. So the, the majority of the questions that we get on our website, that will be the talk that we cover for that particular uh, segment or that week. And we'll try to get to the public's questions uh, to answer a lot of things about DWIs. Maybe you got charged child improperly custody. with an assault. That happens all the time. Child custody, child visitation, uh, child support. Right. Um, all those issues that come into everybody's daily lives, we'll be covering those issues. But you have to give us the questions on our website so and we that know is, how to help you. That's at legalconnectionshow.com forward slash contact forward cat forward slash and also and then you tag questions at legalconnectionshow.com and so i've had a great time tony thank you this was great yes we look forward to next week yes y'all have a y'all have a blessed week tlc you need it absolutely Thank you for checking out this production of Lone Star Community Radio. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station. Don't forget to check out this show and many others across the Lone Star Community Radio Network. Either live on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, the Lone Star Internet Radio app, or IRLoneStar.com's live audio stream, and on replay on podcast, Channel 12's Our City TV and Conroe, or Channel 21 KVQT in Houston, and of course, their YouTube channel. This production is copyrighted, and all rights are reserved by Lone Star Community Radio. Have a question regarding this program or other Lone Star Community Radio shows? Want to sponsor or start your own show? Call the station message line at 936-647-3776 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.